You're listening to You Don't Know Nick, the podcast, a podcast that explores the generational differences from Zoomers to Boomers as it relates to what's going on today. Enjoy. So today, twice, Nick has told me that he's ready, and and both times he's been occupied un- until I st- after I started. So one would assume that Nick hasn't been ready twice, though he said he's been ready. Nick, would you care to comment? Yeah, well, I uh, maybe for maybe for the first time in the history of this podcast, maybe not. I'm actually trying to read up on some stuff that I think is pertinent to our conversations. And uh, so I may be uh, seemingly not ready, quote unquote, but in actuality, I may be more ready than I've ever been. Sure. So my question to you is, do you know what number podcast this is for us? Uh, 33? Yes. Good job. Do you know what you haven't learned yet? <laughs> to hold your microphone away from your chest because all we're hearing oh. is shh, shh. Oh. <laughs> so oh, for as pa- ready as you might be mentally <laughs> uh-huh 33 this is the jesus number this is isn't it this is the well yeah yeah, I, he, that's was, when, yeah he was 33 when he was uh, crucified and then that's of course right. resurrected and yada 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 well and three is my favorite number and then 33 obviously by proxy would be my favorite number Oh, that's a double favorite. Because exactly, because exactly. And then three hundred and thirty-three. And then, then I become OCD. <laughs> Have we asked you this before? What's your favorite number? My favorite number? Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I have a favorite number. Uh, so there's like I no numbers that like show up, and it's like a sign for you, or like, oh, it's interesting that I saw that number today. Mm, no. No, I don't. Mm. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint. Sorry to disappoint. No, I think you might be more level-headed than most, including myself. I think that's a good thing. I mean, I'm I'm down with the 11-11 make a wish. You know what I mean? You see the 11-11 on your clock. Right. And I think that's pretty pretty standard. That's I think everyone does that. But I mean, like we've as a society have evolved to do that. So 11 is the number of enlightenment. So I think that's why it started. Mm Hmm. Okay. Um, I think numerology would have more to say than I do about that. But I was born on the 11th, so I feel pretty enlightened. <laughs> but as on the day you entered, you came into this world fully enlightened. Um, I might be the new Jesus yeah. number. <laughs> well, you're 33 now, right? Oh, my God. Sure. Uh, so yesterday I did, a, I did an intake with a new therapist and she asked mm-hmm. me a bunch of questions, including, are you religious? And I was like, well, I don't think so. She goes, are you spiritual? And I hated answering yes. And then she asked me how old I was, obviously. And I'm like, honest to God, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I, think <laughs> I'm, I think I'm 35. I'm at the age where I have no fucking idea how old I am. <laughs> Legitimately. Uh, that means you're old if you can't remember. Um if I think it means I'm com- irrelevant. <laughs> I know that's that's the big word for you, right? 
is, is irrelevant. irrelevant. Well, Being that's what I'm coming. Away from, yeah. That's what I'm coming to terms with. Is that no longer I'm relinquishing the red carpet to Gen Z, and I've and I didn't know I was going to have to come up face to face with it in this podcast. Maybe you need to redefine the word relevance for yourself. Well, so I have what? a um, friend who has helped me. To, like get my style in order, aka branding in order for acting. Um, he was like mm-hmm. the first person who said, "You got to brush your hair, Jessica. You got you got to brush your hair." And like as I was, <laughs> I just didn't. It was not a thing I did. And I, I just was a messy girl. And whatever. I'm wearing pajamas right now, and it's three o'clock in the afternoon. So that's just who I am. But maybe as like actor Jessica, I need to be put together a little bit more. So like as I was you know, 27, 28, 29, he was like easing me into becoming 30, which is a good, it's good if you act 30 because you can book if you act 30 as opposed to me going up against 23 year olds who are playing 27 or whatever. Like I just didn't look like I was in high middle school or high school anymore. So I just needed to compete in my, in my right age bracket. So I got headshots done last week. They turned out really great. It's the best headshots I've had in a long time. And I sent a couple to him. And he goes, Jessica, you're in the it bracket right now. Like, it's all about millennials. And it has not been phrased to me in that way. And he could also have his own opinion that he goes, no, you guys. And he even said, stop wearing blazers. You guys aren't wearing blazers anymore. (laughs) I was like, I I even said, what does that mean? You wear blazers? Well, you wear blazers in your headshots. Oh, okay. I, I mean, know. I booked my Walgreens commercial because I wore a blazer. I actually, <laughs> there was a, there was, they even asked me like, oh, are you the boss? I'm like, no, I'm the assistant. And they're like, well, you look like the boss. And that wasn't a necessarily good thing because I was wearing a blazer and the boss wasn't. So I, 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 there's a phase where I also like wore large blazers. It's like, ah, that's cool. She's cool. She's got big blazers from the eighties and nineties. She's cool. Yeah, I was gonna say that's so eighties. So how 80s. big? How big were your shoulder pads? Well, no, I still have one from Sag Harbor in my closet right now. There's a couple that the shoulder pads were a little too big. So, like, there, there was a. I got suckered by this actually very nice lady on Instagram who just would probably go to Goodwill and get some old fucking church clothing and sell it, and I'd be like, "That's the blazer I want." And then I'd get it, and it was like a half a size too big or half a size too small. Uh, and then by the time I was ready to give them away, I, you know, or like sell them, I took a couple pictures in them and I'm like, they fit, but it wasn't like in the style for me anymore. <laughs> anyway, it's so neither here nor there. I think one of the things we talked about really in the first couple of episodes for me was um, also feeling like I was out of it fashion loop wise, not only because the trends were changing so rapidly, but because the pandemic didn't necessitate buying a new outfit or like walking around and seeing a bunch of people and how they're dressing. And and in some ways that means it doesn't matter what you wear and also never doesn't matter what you wear. But I like putting myself together in clothing to express myself. Since then, mm-hmm. I feel like I've, since that feeling of disease, I feel like I've gotten back to like a Jessica Norm that sort of looks like today-ish mm. but not trying too hard not trying to be 20 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know trying to be 30 what is that 
not not really I don't mean trying to be age, but trying to be what? Like what is that what is the clothes we're talking about? What's this look? What who's this Jessica that we're mm. talking about right now? It's oh. oh. a good question. Um ultimately ultimately I want to feel like I look good in my clothing and that they're comfortable. That's usually my goal. It's like someone might go, Oh, she's really put together, but also in an easy effervescent kind of way. Um mm. So, like, I remember going in for an audition and, like, the session runner was like, Jesus, everything you've done is, like, perfect. And it was. It was, like, easy breezy outfit. All I did was just, like, literally blow dry my hair and throw on this outfit that I've worn a hundred times. And he just like, said, your hair, you, like, he wasn't, he wasn't hitting on me. He was just literally remarking on, this is perfect. And it, you know, apropos of nothing. And that was probably the best compliment I've ever been given, to be fair. But the... Here's the problem, and this is why I'm having a hard time articulating it and instead getting stories around it. I look at pictures of girls on the internet or in magazines or whatever, and I picture myself looking like Blake Lively and with that body and think I could wear those outfits, and I can't wear those outfits. I don't want to wear those outfits. If I put a dress on, I'd feel weird. So I, I have to... It doesn't. I. I. My problem is I'll look at like this outfit and go, "Oh my god, it's so cute! I could wear a tutu," and then I go for it, and it's not. It's. I'm wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I think you not, could do. I think you could pull off well, a tutu. I totally. Mm-hmm. I actually have seven, so I'm not saying I can't. I actually can pull off a tutu. I'm giving a really bad example. I. I. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm struggling because there's certain styles on certain bodies that I forget I don't have that body. Mm-hmm. So I've lived my I lived my whole life that way. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, you know, f- for lack of a better term, I've always been uh what I call skinny fat. Right? <laughs> so like <laughs> you poor sweet I, sweet boy. <laughs> You sweet husky boy. I, well, I, there was a time, yes, where I was. Just, I know, but no, I just, I just adore you. It's so great. But uh, you know, like, I look like I could be thin, possibly in shape, but really, I'm not. Therefore, if you, if I were to ever wear something a little bit tighter or just a basic t-shirt, it just doesn't. It's just not good. So, I've always been in this sort of, you know, nebulous middle ground. Uh, much like my generational day uh, designation, you know. Oh. Yeah. I um, do think we are unfairly <laughs> judging ourselves based on on the majority of bodies in LA and how we think bodies should look. Certainly, but I, I think yes. But what I'm talking about is specifically thinking that I can wear this particular shirt and that it, and it will look good on me, and then I put it on, and I'm like. Who am I kidding? It'll look only look good if I suck in my gut, roll my chest, roll my shoulders back, and and look in the mirror for a second. I'm like, yeah, I could pull that off. And then I walk out of the house, and maybe somebody takes a picture of me just relaxed in it, and I go, oh, I can't wear that. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? What was I thinking? So now well, I just keep those shirts for the day when I actually, you know, get in shape. No, um, you need to but, size up. 
That's all you need to do. So the, that shirt is the wrong size. It's not the wrong shirt. It's the I, if I've learned anything in my thirty some odd years is it do, it's not it doesn't fit because it's the wrong size. Usually. Well, some of these shirts, uh, some of these like Enleys that guys have and stuff like that, you can't even size up. They're they just they're just clingy. So mm. even when you size up, they're still kind of. You'd have to really size up, but then you then you're like wearing a, a sack. But they're like mm. so like this this particular style of shirt that you know that if you saw a guy who worked out a lot, you'd be like, damn, that guy's hot. So so definitely aspire to be in shape enough to wear that you shirt. You clearly just... don't know me. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, I forgot. After you found out what their personality was like, you'd be like, do I like that shirt? Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, yes. I, I, you know, in in my current wardrobe, I do have a range of sizes that fits my range of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it it makes for probably too many clothes. I probably, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm about to go through a, I'm about to go through a a, a throwaway sesh, but. Uh, um, but if I could house all those clothes, that's just, that just is my, that's my honest lifestyle. It's like, Hey, sometimes my waist is going to be, you know, on the high end. And sometimes my waist is going to be on the low end, but I can't buy new clothes every time I. Sure. Sure. Okay. That's fair. Cause so I think I'm trying, I'm projecting because when I hold on to size six, Jessica, I'm. Sure, I'm going to get back to size six, Jessica, shortly. It'll motivate me. And it hasn't been size six, Jessica, for a little while. So at a certain point, we had to relinquish those pieces and just accept. So if you're telling me you fluctuate more so, only size six, Jessica, shows up when she's working out every day. And Jessica doesn't want to do that right now. So Jessica is fluctuating between, you know, eight and ten right now and so Mm. she can Mm -hmm. keep eight and ten in and also eight and ten i could wear them no matter where i'm at but um so yes if you actually legitimately fluctuate between those sizes then it does make sense to basically hold on to those things for sure yes and these the my body the way it holds weight (laughs) the places where it holds weight these slight differences dramatically affect my ability to wear certain sizes even though maybe like one size difference you know Um, because basically i fluctuate between uh a 31 waist and a 33 waist you're like oh well that's just just right in the wheelhouse but um my thighs in a (laughs) when i go to the 33 some you know it, it sometimes certain pants won't you know like won't at the at the right waist, I won't fit my legs because everything's uh-huh. all slim fit. Uh-huh. You know, it's a you know just a little bit. No, of- you're describing my entire high school career basically. I mean, still to this day, my thighs have always just been a little bit more present than even my even my waistline. And so the size of pants I should wear for my thighs are not the same as my waistline thighs pants you know so i'm i hear you um i wish i had a little bit more awareness of what my physicality was when i 
you know, gained extra five pounds. I, for me, it's – I my dysmorphia manifests in such a way that I feel like I'm always 175 pounds, um, which no one's saying anything is bad in weight terms. I was judged very harshly by my father for having thick thighs, so I have a, like, really bad perspective on being heavier set, quote, unquote. But the more – the more I find I just accept myself and go, oh, I can wear clothes. It doesn't matter. No one's looking at me that way, in, like in judging me, the more I don't care. But uh, I, what I want to say is one of my favorite outfits of yours was jean on jean. And there was a day where we both wore jean on jean <laughs> on the same day. And someone took the, a picture of us and we looked good. We were both in our like in good shape <laughs> at that time. And that picture, I cannot find it Oh no! <laughs> for the life of me. I know. It was such a good – we were both wearing the same color denim on the top and on the bottom. We were in the room you're in right now, and someone was like, stop. You guys need to take a picture. We were bringing I, it back. I love the Canadian tux. Oh, it was – we looked so good. And people didn't know it was back until we started doing it. <laughs> we brought it back? I think. I think to our social group. I don't know. You're very well-dressed. You've never come off as uh, not well-dressed to me. So I th clearly you have a formula. No, I don't know what I have. I, 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 in order, like, I, I can dress very conservative, like conservatively um, and carry those clothes fine. But they're not – it's not the cool that I would aspire to be. Like if I could – in order for me to put on the cool – I think I I need to be more in shape. Uh, mm. You know what I mean? It's a very sort of it's a together. It's it's very much of my upbringing, sort of like button down collars, you know, rolled up sleeves. I want to pull off. I want to pull off the the clingy Henley. I want to pull off the uh, you know the, the sort of loose V neck tee, you know, with nothing else, you know, okay. things like that. But it's just okay. you know. Instead, I gotta I gotta cover it up with, you know. We need to see more chest hair. Really, it's kind of sad. <laughs> I think you need to take a, a crash course in Robert Downey Jr. style and see if you can't start folding in how he goes around. I think you could think. Ooh, I think that's that what might I need. be. The I need. I need someone to look to here. I need. I need, you need some a, sort an of icon. model. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's look up. I'll I'll start checking out the Robert Downey. I feel like you could pull it about. off. I feel like you could pull it off. But again, the Nick Masu, maybe not the, the colored glasses or something, but that guy shows up and everyone wants to talk to him. So just saying. Well, he also is a very successful actor who's been around for a very long time. So, but I get it. I get it. He's got a, he's got a certain... Well, because also here, the reason I'm also thinking this too is Tom Holland, who I know you have no idea who he is, um, <laughs> tries to emulate him because he he's the Superman and Superman was taken under the wing by Iron Man. And I know you don't even know anything about that. But like Tom Holland and Timothy Chalamet are like the it boys, right? And so all they're basically – fashion is being pasted onto them. And they, they're too young for you. But even Tom Holland's trying to emulate – Robert Downey Jr. in some ways because of how much he looks up to him. So it might be a good thing to like look after for you. Okay. Okay. I'll put it on my I'll put it on my uh, mood board. 
or my please, my dream, please do my my vision board. Sorry, my vision and if board. I if I for, I forget, but I would say Robert Downey Jr. is like number one for me. It's like it's like Jason Bateman, oh. yeah, Jason Bateman, Peter Sarsgaard of all people, and mm. Robert Downey Jr. These like you know, you like t- over fifty. Well. It's because they were not 50 when I started watching them. <laughs> they, I, I, I don't have a problem with 50 whatsoever. Like, again, it's all personality. Dad bod, totally. Let's go. But it's, it's I you know, Robert Downey Jr. is in a movie when he's 42 and he's looking pretty, you know, fly. I got no problems there. Ewan McGregor, <sighs> be still my heart. I can't handle it. Can't handle it. You know, something I, I forgot to share with you after our conversation where I, I mentioned my affection for Jennifer Lawrence. Right. I got, I, I got so many Jennifer Lawrence video suggestions on my, on my Facebook feed. I was like, holy shit. Are <laughs> you, know? you kidding? First of all, we know that this happens, but just one mention. I was like, this can't be a thing. And like, okay, fine. First time I saw it, I was like, okay, that's coincidence. And then like literally it just for a run just kept it kept being different clips of Jennifer Lawrence. Well, and to be fair, when you interact with one thing, it all – it gets getting pushed to you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I liked one quote about a sad girl and now all these, are you going through a, a breakup or whatever? Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, I got – I got gifts for our fr- mutual friend's baby, and they think now it's time for me to get a bouncer. You know, so they they do think that you like they'll start pushing things towards you. So if you click one Jennifer Lawrence video, it's over for a week for you. So, well, now I'm gonna get they they stopped coming, and now I'm sure they're gonna come back. You have to you have to follow her. You have to follow her hashtag. All right, well, you let us know. You text me when Jennifer Lawrence starts cropping back up, and I'll tweet about it. You'll show should, me I, a... should I just try it right now? Should I just like open up my Facebook and see if I'm back? I think they have a timer on this stuff. You think I've so? Heard, I've heard that like, especially like when you're in the cars with Waze and you're like, you know what sounds really good? Pizza. And like you forget. And then 10 minutes later, they're like, pizza? Like, oh, there's pizza down the street. So <laughs> <laughs> there might be a t- I, I wouldn't put it past them. The analytics on this shit is insane. This is why I keep on asking if you've seen um, Don't Look Up. The yeah, we, Leonardo, you, you did see it, right? I did see it, yes. So I keep on forgetting to reference when they go in the back room and they they literally do beat for beat the analytics of how the audience responded to them moment to moment. Do you remember where like after they're on the television show for the first time? Like uh-huh. they didn't res- – that fucking blew my mind even though I know – but like that must be how – media works now they you engaged in this exact moment you can't say that we want you to say more of that in 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 real time so they they there was a long time where businesses were like well we just don't have the uh numbers on how much you're making for us when you post a you know a video for our sponsorship so we don't know exactly what to pay you those motherfuckers know what the conversion rate is they know exactly how long it takes for me to see a picture and then click mm-hmm. and then buy so they know so anyway that that part of that that movie the whole movie i didn't hate i liked it some people really didn't like it uh the the movie yeah why not 
I don't know. Some people thought it was like way too obvious of a um, anecdote. Like, okay, Jesus Christ. Like, because it was really an anecdote for climate change, or like, it, and it wasn't. They felt like someone that someone shared with me that it was not even a farce because it was like just, oh, it's a female Donald Trump. <laughs> like, we get it. What? So? Uh, I know. I know. I know. Here's the thing. To be just, just, just to be fair, that person who's entitled their opinion, I'm a little less critical when it comes to stuff like that. I just watched the movie, and obviously, I can go, "Oh, it's like Trump and Jonah Hill wants to fuck his mom." It's really funny because you know Donald Trump wants to fuck his daughter. You know, like those, those things are funny. Um, I'm just not looking for the problem usually. So, and I don't think most people that are critical are, but sometimes they just don't want to. Maybe they just don't want to deal with that side of the world because they're too busy following Donald Trump, you know, to see, like, what's happening today or whatever. Some people are fatigued by that. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Um, I'm just trying to give them the benefit of the doubt is all. Yeah. I, you, I, I wouldn't sit here and go, like, oh, my God, it's such a great movie. But I, I thought it was enjoyable. And I liked watching, like, uh, what what feels like, uh, an accurate representation of the world we live in today and like and how nobody took these people seriously and they just wanted you know they just wanted the uh the hits for the for the news show just to you know we don't care about the truth we just want it like woo what's fun and interesting oh yeah i mean it, yeah i think that was the thing that was interesting to me too it's like this was not a stretch of the imagination and it was enjoyable and like poignant to reflect on that um I think one thing that was odd, even though they both did a great job and I love that they didn't have to have a romantic relationship, but Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio had no stakes together as like friends. And we might have already talked about this, but like they needed to have like maybe a little bit more at least friendship or bond than just like, hey, I found this star. Okay, great. We're on this journey together, even though it might as well just it could happen like that. But there was like no stakes there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It could that could have been just a little bit better. Again, I do appreciate that it wasn't a romantic relationship. It didn't need to be. Um, anyway, listen, we're 25 minutes into this podcast, completely in the weeds, no rails whatsoever. Usually we do better than this. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying we have yet <laughs> to land on a topic, a sticking point. But I ha- we have a couple today. So you have something. I have something. I might have another something. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, the commercial you're about to hear, folks, is going to be segueing perfectly into the next segment. So don't fast forward. <laughs> Are you a geek? Do you like naming things? My name is Scott Rubin, and I wrote the ultimate guide for geeks to name anything. Whether you're naming kids, your pets, your car, your Wi-Fi network, or your role-playing game characters. Naming Your Little Geek has almost 1,100 name entries, and I tell you where the name came from, if it's a real name, or if it's a fictional name, all of the characters who have had that name, and I reference over 4,400 characters from science fiction, fantasy, comic books, movies, TV shows, cartoons, you name it, it's all in there. And it ranges from normal sounding names like Scott or Jessica to really off the wall bizarre ones from all of our favorite fantasy and sci-fi properties. 
You can pick up a copy of Naming Your Little Geek at bubblesandthingssoaps.com and check out all the other cool items there. Some really neat soaps. Naming Your Little Geek is also sold everywhere books are sold online, and you can even find it in some physical bookstores if you're a person who shops in physical stores these days. I have been scrolling through my Facebook feed since I brought it up. Okay. And I cannot get to that point where they start suggesting reels, you know, like those little video reels. Where is the where I get the Jennifer Lawrence stuff from? I I mean, normally it's just a few little swipes and suddenly it's there. I I've been swiping this whole time since it came up and I cannot find one fucking suggestion of a reel. You're um, explaining a phenomenon that happens to me often too, where I'm like, I just want to get to the, you know, recommended, or I'm like, I'm trying to see something specific. And I know that if I scroll a couple piece, pay, at like, pay, bleh, if I scroll for a couple of seconds, it'll get to that thing, exactly what you're trying to do. And for some reason, today's the day it doesn't show up. I wonder if we don't realize that we are scrolling as long as we are, and it feels like mere moments until that thing gets suggested. I I mean, maybe, I mean, literally, it's never taken this long. I mean, because look, for as much of a non-social media person as I am, I do like scroll through Facebook. And it's just one of those like, oh, I mean, how do I not think about things? And I just scroll through and read read dumb, dumb posts and some interesting articles that they know I like. But I, just get, I always get real suggestions and there's no... This is astounding. I'm still going. I'm still scrolling. Now, actually, mind you, it is kind of weird. I'm missing all of these posts that I probably might have wanted to at least read but not cared about. But uh, So I don't know what I'm scrolling through here. But what I know I'm not getting <laughs> is a fucking reel. Jesus Christ. Have you – we've talked about this before, but have you ever noticed like when you're like, oh, what was that uh, picture I just saw a few pictures up and you start scrolling back – to remember that picture, and it's like 50 pictures ago. Oh. <laughs> Have you ever experienced that? Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm sure I have. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, I guess that's the, what I mean is like we just don't realize how much we're scrolling past something or like looking at something and for how long. You know, it could be 10 minutes on Instagram, and then it could be 25,000 minutes. But so, I – what – but, but I, I just don't – I just I, mean, I just think as an experiment, I'm just going to keep scrolling until our podcast is done. And I'll let great. you know if I, if I ever get a reel. Um, and if I'm distracted, it's because of I'm, I'm doing an experiment. Well, it actually makes a lot of sense that you'd be distracted right now because this next segment, like I mentioned, uh, relating back to our amazing uh, sponsor for our show – Naming Your Little Geek by Scott Rubin is solely about you, so it would totally make sense that you wouldn't pay attention to the section. <laughs> so for those of you that may or may not remember, Nick is having another baby. I'm having a baby. I'm having another baby. You have one really cute one, mm-hmm. and now you have another one. Well, and Jess, it's going to be a boy. It's going to be a boy, but the one I have is no longer a baby. <laughs> she's not a baby. Is she? So she's like full sentences now, huh? Oh, yeah. She's full. Yeah. She's a. Is she still she's... kicking you? 
kicking? No, she smacked. She smacked the shit out of my face this morning. That's what she does. Just. I just think it's f- on you now. On me to what? To no, I'm saying like the fact that she still does it is your fault. I'm just gonna go on record. Now, why? Why? Why would you presume it's my fault? Not, you don't like, say. Excuse me. Don't hit me again. I'm gonna put you in the corner. I do. Well, <laughs> and then what, there's no there's no consequences, Nick. Look, I what here's Look. what I'm here's what I do that is probably uh, not totally eliminating the behavior. Is you hit her back? <laughs> no, I don't hit her back. Um, and I and I do this with other things too. And maybe and maybe this is a fault in me as a parent. Is that I will go? She'll hit me, and I go. You do not hit me. Do you understand? You do not hit me. <laughs> and then she'll start smiling and laughing. And then I can't take the whole moment seriously enough. So then I just start tickling her and I'm like, you're not going to ever hit me again. Do you understand that? And so it becomes fun that when she hits oh, no. me, she gets this playful side out of me. So I'm, she's actually being rewarded for hitting mm-hmm. me. I'm really, because mm-hmm. what about, I, I just not, I'm not that guy. Um, and, and Sandra's not this way either. Where we're not going to like go to your room and don't come out until you thought about what you've done. Um, and I don't think that works. I don't think that's a very healthy way because, like, you're not explaining to her what she's done. Um, but it does – that's kind of what I mean is, like, the responsibility on you getting smacked now. If you're – like, my brother, the youngest one, everyone loved him. He was the cutest little piece of shit. He just turned something yesterday. It was his birthday yesterday. Um, I think he's 25 now. I don't know. I don't even know how old I am. Why would I know how old he is? He's 10 years younger than me. Uh, he He would fart all the time and it was cute because he was young and so everyone would laugh I'd be like <laughs> he's so cute and then he's 20 farting in front of my face while I'm eating and and laughing because it was never discouraged so yep yep, yep. Not, so yes like it does sound like you know, your reaction does need to be like I don't like that dad doesn't like that I'm not gonna tickle you darling but who am I to tell you what to do well, it's tricky because there's a couple reacts. So that like that sort of like that sort of blank, frank way of saying, "Hey, when you hit me, it hurts me, and I don't ah, like that." And right. do you want do you want to hurt your father? Like, um, <laughs> it's it so doesn't, manipulative. <laughs> it doesn't quite it doesn't quite work with her because okay. she just will keep laughing, and I'm like, "It's not funny," and she'll go, "It's funny to me." <laughs> um, oh, fuck. And it's funny to me, Jesus the, Christ. The other option, which I've tried, which is like getting upset, be like, no, that hurts, and I don't want you to do that. Wow. And I'm leaving. I'm not playing with you right now. And getting up and walking away, it suddenly creates this sort of like what I feel like it's building this sort of like I don't know, like a, a, a aggression p- a pattern of like. That's okay to for, for to be pouty and be like, no, I don't want you to hit me, and I'm upset about it, and I'm going to go walk away all upset, and I just don't want like that to be a way that we communicate. Um, so it's just it's just so tricky. It's so hard to find a balance of like how to communicate. Like, hey, I know that you like hitting me. I know this is fun, but we don't want to. I don't want. We don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, but that's. But how do you get? I love that. It's funny to me. Oh God. I'm, I don't I don't envy you at all. I, so I don't know. Again, having two cats is just like having a baby. Um, <laughs> when when my big boy Blue is ready for food in the morning, 
which usually means like I must have woken up and started looking at my phone so he knows it's like really close to time. He'll just like find the one thing on my nightstand next to me and knock it off. <laughs> or start playing with the keys that are up on the hook just a little bit. And then like when I move my head, he knows he's gotten my attention. But the problem is, is I can't ever react to him doing that because he doesn't care if he's bad reinforcement or positive reinforcement. He's just got my attention no matter what. So yep. I don't I, – I relate wholeheartedly as someone who also has children. So <laughs> the reason why I wanted to bring it up is uh, I asked Nick before we started, do you have a name for the baby? And I And I actually really like it when families don't release the name of the baby before the baby's born because you don't want people to like share their anecdotes about – that awful shithead Tyler that they were raised with or like, oh, I just don't like Jeff's. I don't know why you would choose that name. No, now you can't stop associating the name that you liked with your fucking asshole friend. Um, but coming up with a name is really difficult. And Scott Rubin has a book called Naming Your Little Geek. So I thought we could flip through a couple and see if we can't add a couple names to the list for Nick. Sure. Let's do it. So the conceit of this book is all the different kinds of names you may find in your geeky sci-fi and fantasy comic game lore. Okay. Great. And Nick is and, there and Jessica's there and and so on and so forth. And I'm a as as we all know a huge comic book video game guy. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Okay. Um give me a uh, what's what, what's the what's your favorite letter? If we asked you what your favorite number is, what's your favorite letter of the alphabet? Oh my gosh! I, uh, Just wow. the first thing that comes into your head. Um, Jesus. F. It's, not, it's F. not like you're. It's not like you're not an improviser or something. I'll give you F. Okay, great. What the F? Uh, A B C D E F. Okay, for boys, F in boys, which we can think about girls' names too. Who gives a shit? But uh, you're gonna tell me when to stop. Stop. Finnis is going to be the name of your son. Finnis? Finnis. Finnis? Finnis. Finnis. Finnis Valorum. Supreme Chancellor Finnis Valorum from Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Supreme Chancellor. So he's a, he's a bad guy? The Chancellor's a bad guy? Probably Supreme not. Chancellor? Or is he on the Senate or something? Or is okay, he... so, so to... To not uh, expose Scott's IP too much, I'll skim through what he writes. So okay. like he once wanted me to talk about Jessica, but like don't read his section of Jessica. Got but um, in the last days of the Galactic Republic, one man tried to make a difference from the oh. highest office in government. He was frustrated on all sides by bureaucrats and hidden schemes. The noble, if not naive, Supreme Chancellor Finnis Valorum. Did his best to resolve the conflict at Naboo. <gasps> Finnis. F-I-N-I-S. But Finnis failed, didn't he? Name, name a son Finnis to give him political aspirations and a humanitarian nature. Hmm. And he could one day be president. He just needs to take care to keep track of what his opponents are doing and stay one step ahead of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's not bad. It's a good name. I did not anticipate coming across such a really unique but cool name. I mean, I should have because it's a good book. Finnis Masu. Finnis Masu. Finnis Masu. I don't hate it. So you guys are uh, – so Clem is Clem Masu? Yeah. 
Okay. As, as opposed to your wife's last name or hyphen. Oh, burn. No. Okay. Um, okay. So what's another letter that you like? Uh, let's do M. Let's do some alliteration here. Oh God. I'm just going to read this one. Where, where, hold on. Where did it go? Oh my God. <laughs> Morden Canaan. Masu Morden Canaan Masu. Morden Canaan? Yes. Like Melf, Morden Canaan is a Dungeons and Dragons name that predates the game and belongs to Gary Gygax's original role-playing group. Morden Ca Morden Canaan. Oh, is, is that all one name? Morden Canaan? M-O-R-D-E-N-K-A-I-N-E-N. Morden Kainen. Kainen. So it's uh, like the, for the pronunciation, it's K-E-I-N. So Kane, I would imagine. Ken, Kanan. Kane. Right? Morden Kanan? Morden Kanan? Morden Kanan. Morden Kanan. Morden Kanan. Just call him Mort. Call him Mort for short. Yeah, Mort. I hate it. <laughs> okay, so that's Morden. I just I have never seen that name ever, so I, I had to stop. One last one, one last letter. Mm -hmm. What what is it? Oh, uh, S. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, tell me when to stop. Stop. Oh, Samuel. Oh. Yeah, just okay. a nice good old name. Classic uh, Samuel. Classic Samuel. Um, there's obviously ahead of it is Samwell, Samwise, Samwise Gamgee from Lord of the Rings. I know you don't know any of these things. Um, Samuel may be a godly name from Hebrew roots for name of God or God has heard. Mm. Um, though the characters who bear it aren't necessarily saints. Let's see. It shows up in Battlestar Galactica, uh, the, uh, the Avengers, Detective Com Detect Okay, Alien, Samuel Brett, Supernatural, Le what is it? Venom, Daredevil, Thor, all sorts of all sorts of uh, things. Let's see. He may also want. So wait, wait, wait. Steer a boy, steer a boy named Samuel and your family away from voodoo and plants, uh, and he should turn out okay, apparently. So there's more to it than that. You might want to buy the book and learn more about Samuel, um, possibly leading towards professions in law enforcement or sports. He may also want to avoid interstellar engineering so he doesn't end up like Brett in Alien. Hmm. Samuel. Brett in Alien. Samuel Brett in Alien. Hmm. Um hmm. I don't remember which character that is, mm. unless he's played by John Hurt. Mm. I don't think so, though. Mm. So there you have it. You have three new names, Finnis, Mordenkainen, <laughs> and Samuel to add to your list. <laughs> what is uh, a – go ahead. I'll be sure to run it by my wife. Finnis, I don't hate. I don't hate Finnis. For no. you, Yes. <laughs> for your for for Phineas Masu, I don't think so. What about like Phineas? Phineas Masu, yeah. So yeah, Phineas. That's kind of where my head was 
That's where I was leaning. Like, I don't know that I would do Phineas, but Phineas is okay. The problem is, like, that TV show is so prevalent in my mind as Phineas and Ferb, and I don't think I would mm. do that to a kid. I don't know I just, what you're talking about. There's so. a TV show. There's a cartoon that was, like, big in my brother's era, so all I know is Phineas and Ferb, and it's really – it's cute. But Phineas is like so emblazoned as that to me. It would be like it would be like you saying to me, "Oh, we like the name Phineas." I'm like, "Oh, that's like that TV show." And you're like, "Fuck, I can't name my kid Phineas now." It's like, "Well, you should never tell anybody the name." That's, that's really why. Um, what what is like your name of like your favorite dude friend or like what's like the coolest name you've ever heard of a dude? You're like, "Oh, I love Robert Downey Jr. I love that name." Downey's a good kid name. Oh, actually, Downey's not horrible. Um, what's a cool ass name? I I met a girl named Erica in like elementary school, and I remember writing her name over and over again because I had just like just loved how the letters formed and like the name Erica, Erica. I just loved it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my sister in law's name is Erica. Erica, so, it's a great yeah. name. Um. Sheesh, I don't know if I got a name like that. Uh, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, what first name that kind of comes to mind actually has strangely become a popular name, though I didn't, didn't realize it. My, my brother named his son Jagger. Jagger? Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm assuming it was after Mick Jagger, but... Uh, That's a choice. Um, but it turned out, I think it's a, become a pretty popular name, so I don't know... I don't know how it's become a popular name. Um, so let's look at really quickly. So this this article, Cafe Mom. Uh, I think we've done this before, like crazy baby names. I think they're crazy Gen Z names or crazy millennial names. This is a penchant of millennials to come up with names that didn't exist before or like, you know, rare names so that we're not just doing the John and Mike's of the world, essentially, right? Or the Nick's. Mm -hmm. Ugh. So this uh, uh, cafe. So many uh, Nick's in the world. Um, Cafemom.com. Not Nick George's, though. Actually, there's probably a lot of Nick George's. Um, what? There's not. There's a zero Nick George's out there. I just think you're wrong. Um, cafe Mom attributes all these 31 creative baby names to millennial moms, which – Okay. Um, but I'm going to go through this list quickly and see if something stands out for you. Channing. Uh-uh. Katniss. <laughs> Sable. Uh. I know. Lark. What a dumb name. Lark? Yeah. That's such a dumb name. Because, like, I was uh, – he's like uh, – he's he went out on a lark. It's like calling your kid fluke. It's just like, why are you calling your skin? I know it's after a bird, but that's dumb. Uh, let's see. I'm just going to push through some. Uh, Carter with a K. Mm -hmm. uh, Beckett. We love a Beckett. Mm -hmm. Cash is a good name for a kid. I love Cash. Mm -hmm. I know some Cashes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cash Jack. has become popular. It's really cool. Jax. Okay. That's somewhat popular these days. Yeah. Too. Uh, London. Okay. King? Who wants to name their kid King? It's a choice. Yeah, it's a choice. It's a choice. Uh, Zayden. Sounds like Zordon from Zayden, the Power Rangers. Yeah. Okay. Kingston. I like Kingston. Kingston's better. Actually, it sounds like a street. 
Look, I, I have a bit of a a bit of a thing that I've noticed about myself um, in going through names. I'm not really I not I don't really like names that evoke. Um, I think, for lack of a better word, uh, classic white anger. Names. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes nothing that evokes anger definitely uh but like white names like kingston like british names if it's from ah, britain i'm not into ang- it anglical anglical yeah sure uh yeah so so there's certain like names like bradford livingston you know i just i can't gerald yeah can't you don't think nicholas though kind of like it, 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 it evokes christianity to me like, oh, there's nothing wrong with evoking Christianity. That's not that's but that not seems the issue. very white to me, though. Too, I guess, it, and then this is my perspective. I'm not, and nor am I condemning it. Can, it, it can either. be, but but Nick is also very Mediterranean. That more. Yeah, so you than, you mentioned that before. You keep um, on saying that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, because a lot of Nick, a lot of Greeks are named Nick. Oh. Italians are named Nick. You oh, know. you're so. Okay, I did never thought of it that way. Okay. Yes. Yes. Nicola. All right. All right. Got it. Got it. Um, but yeah, as I start to like go down this list, like, like uh, there are names that that just sound like a uh, a white person's uh, kid name, and for some reason, I would be more into a Latin name. Though I do think it would be misleading for my child to have a Latin name, so everybody would think. They were, you know, Spanish. You know what's funny, though? I was, uh, when I was in North Carolina, I was with our mutual friend, Laurie, and she's like, sometimes, you know, Southern people just hear these really cool Spanish names and just take them and put them on, you know, they're like, now this is the Jaina's salon. And like, there she's as white as can be, but she heard this cool name and now they're, you know, uh, Leilana <laughs> or whatever. So it can't, I don't know if appropriation is the right word, but like, uh, I don't know that it's misleading anymore because I don't know how many people know the roots of the majority of names out there anyway. Well, it is – it might be – it's a little bit more misleading if the person has darker skin, right? Because then you're like – Sure. Then you're constantly like, wait, you're – like a buddy of mine named his kid Matteo. Now, granted, he's got some Italian in him, but they don't really look – he doesn't really look Italian. Um, so I guess maybe that kind of fell into that category. But the kid looks – you know, he's blonde hair. Um, not to say that there aren't blonde Latins and Spanish uh, but I, people, but I think I know what you're saying, and it's not a judgment so much as it's like you're you can put your child into a box, and it's and that box can be labeled more easily by people depending on how you put that label that box. Yeah, if I you know if I named my child Javier, people would assume right. he was. He, you know, of some sort of Latin or from Spanish Bra- Brazil or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love him. of all the Latin countries you chose. You chose the one that's Portuguese based versus Spanish based, but it's fine. <laughs> I do that all the time with Brazil too. I'm sure really there's, do. I'm sure there's some Brazilians named Javier, but it's not. Well, as... like Javi or something. But I know, I know, I know. Um, I think, I think you're right, though. It's. Uh, we actually have more than once talked about names and how it makes us feel. I was even last night, I felt like I might have been stoned. I was tripping out on, I am named. My name is, they like in Spanish, they call me, me llamo, which is mm-hmm. they call me. And 
name that is how you're named it doesn't mean it is your name it's I, I, I was tripping out like I was on weed I don't even have a fully formed thought but it is interesting that it's that it's a label for you that is this is your who you are called it's fascinating to me mm-hmm. um and sometimes it actually it sticks or then you know you have cool people nowadays that are just changing the fuck out of their names you know and they are jack or puck or you know and that's awesome you know we know someone who also goes by puck and that's a cool name for them you know mm-hmm. so and it suits them too so there's something nice about being able to have your own power and rename yourself so if you want to rename yourself if you have a baby along the way or if you don't want to sound anglican get <laughs> naming your little geek by scott rubin yeah you should yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna gift it to you please do yes you guys need it really, really soon. <laughs> um, great. That's it. That's it for the today. Bye-bye, everybody. Uh, I'm kidding. You have something for us. Well, I, you know, as all of our stuff, half informed, half thought through, but uh, but very pertinent to the conversations that we've been having these past 33 episodes. Oh, 33. Oh, my god. We're so good. We're so good at this. <laughs> Um, but no, my, my, my brother sent me this video and I want to credit the person. I don't know the guy's name because he didn't, it's a YouTube video. This guy does regular videos, but I can't, I haven't done enough research to figure out what is this dude's name, but his, uh, his YouTube, uh, channel is called invest answers. One word, invest answers. Um, I I think that's good enough reference to it without knowing his name. So good job. Great. Good job. Um, but he put together this video that basically he 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 wanted to look into the numbers of um, what is you know what's being talked about as like the you know the the greatest wealth transfer in the in the history of the world. Mm. Um, now, to me, when I used to hear that phrase, it was to me it was I always thought it was about like oh if if like there's a movement. To crypto, those who are invested in crypto will be recipients of this wealth transfer. But that's not what it's referring to, though this is a crypto corner talk. Um, crypto corner. His name is Nick Masu. Greatest wealth transfer. We need to what make a song. Do? What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> we need to get in the studio yesterday. <laughs> we don't know what we're waiting for. Now, mind you, just like this Invest Answers, uh, we are not financial advisors. By this any is, stretch of the imagination. No, we This is entertainment at best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Talking all, <laughs> at most. <laughs> um, but uh, we, we, you know, I think it was last week that you had talked about, what did you say – like in twenty, like in twenty years, is when the boomer generation is gonna, you know, like the average boomer will be moving on in twenty years. Well, did you say something like that last week? That what was it? yeah, I think that there will be more millennials than boomers, or more Gen Xers than boomers, or something mm-hmm. like that. Like they'll finally transition into wealth, maybe. Like I remember we went through like the twenty surprising facts of the next, you know, of Gen X. And oh, that's right. Yeah, that was one yeah. of the facts. Yeah. Some, and again, I'm not remembering the fact perfectly, but it was something about eventually they'll overtake the 
boomers in some form or another, which is not a stretch of the imagination. That's just how life goes. But unless there's a virus that just kills off Gen X, you know, Gen X will move into the next, you know, higher echelon of of wealth. And probably may already be there, depending on how Bezos and Musk, you know, ascribe. They might, those are probably Gen X dudes, right? Uh, Yes. This video really does a good job of you know pulling these these facts and laying them out and currently the boomers are just much more dominant in terms of wealth um percentage than i see sure you know i mean looking at this one graph that he had on his thing it's like poor millennials it's just like so, so i told small. you and <laughs> and the, the, the half of that percentage is mark zuckerberg and it's discouraging that's <laughs> upsetting although I, I think mark zuckerberg lost a lot of money for facebook yesterday so today 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 yes today uh dropped the stock dropped by 25 percent. holy shit but it was based off of news from yesterday so uh, based off of their earnings report um, i will be okay the day that facebook dies in a ditch i will be okay with that. <laughs> And well, I know I use Instagram. I know it. I'm so don't give a fuck about Meta. And I'm sure I'll change my tune when it when the fucking technology catches up with the idea. I'm sure, but for now, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the irony is, is that I think they they like beat year over year revenue from from the previous year, but they didn't meet. Expect Wall Street's expectations of where they thought they would, how much they would have earned. Jesus. And they warned against reduced revenue in the future as they transition to the metaverse. Um, Which is so, normal when you're making a transition, regardless, to a huge platform switch. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know anything. Well, you know, maybe, maybe now's a good time to buy cheap facebook stock i don't you know i feel like i'd be contributing to the death of our society but you're probably right but you would be contributing to your pocket this is true this is true bounces back up this is true um not financial advice there (laughs) never we don't don't throw your money at facebook we don't know what we're talking about um but so but what i but what he was referring to as the greatest wealth transfer is the generational wealth going from boomers to millennials that that is the big wealth transfer. Well, because eventually that's what's going to happen, right? If, if boomers with all of this money pass on, then they're going to, you know, um, mm. I was going to say inherit it. No. What are the, what's the word when you... Transfer? Whatever. They, they. Oh, gosh, I can't remember the word. Anyway, the millennials will inherit the... The earth. Uh, the earth. Um, but like that boomers... In the, in the U.S., he just looked at the U.S. I mean, he did look globally, but he just kind of wanted to say, let's just take some conservative numbers. Let's look at the U.S. in particular. And I guess it was like some $68 trillion that the boomers uh, have that will, you know, drop down to the, to the millennials when the time comes, um, and, unless they donated all to Greenpeace. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but, um, but that millennials are more invested currently in crypto than they are in the, in the stock market. Interesting. And so he put together some numbers and it's, it's a really, you know, it's only a 20 minute video. It's interesting to watch. Um, 
But basically, if I get this right, let's try to sum this up, that um, if, as this, as this wealth, so in time, all this money will go to millennials, and millennials will have probably, they will probably invest it into crypto, maybe in particular Bitcoin, um, which will then boost Bitcoin value. Right, and so he put together some numbers, and, and they were relatively conservative numbers. Um, and basically, if millennials invested two and a half percent of their wealth, in, wealth being a, a word that's imaginary for us, but carry on. But remember, it's the wealth transfer. They're going to get money from their parents, right? So they're going to take their inheritance because you're it. assuming the parents are boomers, right? Is that right? Or yes. Okay, got yes. it. Okay, okay. Yes. The millennials' parents are because the boomers, boomers have the money. Got yes. it. Okay. This is also included. This is boomers, silent generation, and greatest generation. So anybody who's you know left from those generations. And as to well. be fair, I did get an inheritance from the greatest generation, or the silent. Hmm. So, but like blew it. So not blew it. I blew it. But carry on. So it's too late <laughs> for me. But carry on. Um, and they invest. Two and a half percent of that of their holdings into Bitcoin. Um, that at that two and a half percent rate, I think it was, if I if I recall correctly, that like by in like ten years time, Bitcoin's value could reach a million dollars. And this is just, yeah. I'll let that land on your face for a second. Well, no, didn't maybe I misunderstood. I thought that we could get up to a million dollars if we invested two percent of our wealth. We could make a million dollars. Did I misunderstand what I heard briefly? You absorbed yeah, that yeah, differently. Yeah, you misunderstood. Yeah, no, okay. you misunderstood. That the value, like the current price of Bitcoin, is, is forty thousand or yeah, it's on, it's about thirty six, thirty seven. But yeah, so it's around forty, just under forty. Okay. That the value of Bitcoin, if Two and a half, if millennials invest two and a half percent of their wealth from this as this transfer continues over time, whoa, will increase the price of Bitcoin to a million dollars. Ah, so it's a pyramid scheme. No, <laughs> that's not a. That's not. No, it's not a pyramid scheme. That's. <laughs> it's if you uh, put money into it and you get more people into it, then it will be more valuable. You know, any this is how price action works, right? Uh huh. When you yeah. when you invest, I get more of my friends into this works. This works the same in the stock market. Uh, certainly, yes, you could say like if this if Bitcoin was a worthless thing and you and you were just saying, hey, if I can get more people to invest in it, then then my share of it gets 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 to be higher value. Yes, but that's not really what this is saying. Um, and certainly there are some cryptocurrencies that exactly operate as you're talking about. But what you're talking about is the same as like Apple. Like if you were to buy Apple, heck, if I can get everybody in the world to invest in Apple, then my shares of Apple are going to increase in value. I mean, that's that's just how it works, right? Um, the more who invest in it, the, the, the higher the increase. This is what this is saying is that basically a lot of people, you know, it's just trying to put into perspective when people say, oh, Bitcoin could be worth a million dollars one day. And people are like, that's insane. You're crazy. And what he was trying to say is like, well, look. Is that so crazy if you think about how the logistics of it could result in it? Exactly. And he's, and this is only taking 
the U.S. population and the and and, and people, not institutions, um, not governments, you know, not any of these other sort of bigger dollar um, investments that could happen. Just millennials taking the taking money that they're inherited or that they inherit and taking a small percentage of it and investing in Bitcoin. It's pretty fascinating. Which already, apparently, millennials are more invested in crypto than they are in the stock market. So it's not like it's an unrealistic idea that millennials would take some of their inheritance and put a small percentage into Bitcoin. Yeah, I think overall, like my takeaway of, of that is don't pull out of Bitcoin. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, just keep it there. You have no idea what that exponential growth is going to be. It is, it does, it does mean that, like, we have to be all hands on deck to some extent. But also what is fascinating about that is that just means millennials alone, right? He's saying millennials alone could get it to a million dollars. Is that what he's suggesting? American millennials alone. Which is way, it's, that's a subsection of different generations that could potentially invest. We've never talked about what Gen Z thinks about NFTs and crypto in general. And I think that's actually something we should probably do soon is actually look into NFTs because there's a lot of differing opinions on it. A lot of people I know and follow are annoyed by it. Um, Justin Bieber just bought one for like $1.6 million. (laughs) So, you know... That's a thing that's happening. And when Justin Bieber does anything, it's going to annoy millennials. It annoys millennials that Justin Bieber is a millennial. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's how that's how we feel. I, I think I've gotten over that. But I think we should do ourselves a favor and, and not not it not to invest in it, but it to to better understand the audience that we tell we know these things, you know? Yeah, it's interesting that like on on this particular guy's chart, he didn't he's not really bringing in Gen Z into the equation. I think maybe part of it is the fact that he's talking about uh this wealth transfer through inheritance and it's going to more uh, uh proportionally affect millennials than any other group. I mean, Gen X will also be affected as well. Um Well, I guess that's what I'm saying is if it has that kind of potential with millennials alone, if Gen X starts or Gen Z starts investing in it, that can only boost the potential of money millennials can make based off of what this guy is saying, mm-hmm. I would assume. Because that's just yeah. one projection of, of one. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's all I'm saying is that it's interesting, Nick. Well, all I'm saying, what uh-huh. I've been trying to say, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. is that uh, for a long time now, okay. is that there's no guarantees here, but uh-huh. for a lot of millennials who find themselves in a position of, you know, not a lot of wealth and no retirement, small investments in crypto could have large returns in the future. It's, uh-huh. not, it's not a guarantee that it will, but if you're trying to find ways to... Um, how do I start saving? How do I start generating wealth? Well, this is one avenue that could have great return um, that you don't have to like throw all your money at. Um, 2% of our wealth, though, is not nothing. And you're right that it's, I mean, 
the thing that I need to remember that I'm casually forgetting is that that's the money that we're inheriting, essentially. The problem being, I see that the second we inherit that money, we're like, finally like, okay, great, I can get a house now. Or shit, I can pay off my student loans now. Or you know what, that debt I accrued on my credit card, I might be able to fucking finagle out of that. So as opposed to being able to put that 2% into crypto, I have a feeling the majority of it's going to go to solve a lot of the problems that were accrued in the last 10 to 15 years of us just trying to figure it out. Sure, but let me put this a little bit into perspective. Once once the boomer, once this full boomer move on, you know, wealth transfer completes, uh-huh. I, I believe he valued it, and I don't know if his numbers are right or not, but based on what he, his research, he valued it at $68 trillion. What? So $68 trillion of wealth has got to go somewhere. Wow. When boomers move on from this world. And it's going to go to so, like two people. <laughs> right? Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It, that, and you're welcome, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, $68 trillion is unfathomable. Right? I was watching a Instagram reel where mm-hmm. someone's like, let me break it down for you. If I gave you $5,000 a day for a year, you'd have a million dollars. I'm going to get the math wrong, but but this is basically, that's close, right? I'll give you $5,000 a day. You're going to be a millionaire in a year. If I gave you $5,000 a day, it would take me 567 years to become a billionaire? Wow. Something like that? That's not wow. accurate, but like the exact, like, like a gigantic, like just to put it into perspective, the difference between million to billion. Mm-hmm. So set aside that to trillion. It's not fat. It's, it doesn't make any sense. And, and I think the thing that just really gets me at the end of the day is like, this is all fabricated. The currency is fabricated. We've all just collectively said this matters. <laughs> it's, Totally fucked. <laughs> tell us, Dad. Tell us. <laughs> uh, wait. Say say that again. That we've decided collectively that this currency that we have millions and trillions of ha- actually matters. Like, we've decided that this is how we exchange energy. Yeah. And there's that much of it. And it's disproportionately like just the just the effect alone that money has on our society and how much of it is exists and it's 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 a fictional thing <laughs> that <laughs> we put that we drew on paper. It's fucking it's just fucking wild to me. It's just if I think about it too hard. It's like it's like how I'm high about being called name, you know? Like that's weird. You mm-hmm. think about it too long. It's like I don't. I'm on a natural high, bro. Bam. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it is a fictional thing, but yet it's incredibly real. Right. I'm not suggesting that you, you know, we throw it all out with the baby with the bathwater, but. Well, no, but like, yes. I, I mean, like, but, but yes, like the you know the stoner version is like, oh, what is the you know it's like totally, money, and we just made this shit up, mm-hmm. but we made it up to. 
be a system for how we account for our uh, relationship to each other. Mm-hmm. Now it's incredibly flawed, um, right? But uh, but but with without it, we have a very hard time determining, um, you know, what our contribution to society is and how we support the commu- the greater community in the whole. Right. Um, so. So it is a very real thing in that, but it is it is imaginary because if you know, if at the end of the day you know there was a magnetic pulse that wiped away all the computers and servers and we know you know all the understanding of money you know like people's money just disappeared and money actually didn't matter anymore and it couldn't get you that food you would just have to fucking you know start bartering or start growing your own food or you know I mean you'd have to it's not. It doesn't actually keep you alive. What keeps you alive is knowing how to, how to, you know, raise your own food, build your own house, and right. all that stuff. So in that sense, you know, it's imaginary. But in a society that is functioning in some ways, it is a very real thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, uh, but yeah, but it's incredibly flawed. And it's it's a little crazy. I guess that's just it at the end of the day for me is like it's so, you know, I think, you know, I'm cheating on you with a different podcast. Uh, so, you know, about the Oroville. Yeah, I, I, think, I thought you had more than one. You're having a few affairs. There's a lot going on. OK, it's just, you know, yeah, but, the, but this I is your favorite. This is your other of course, favorite. Of course it is. No, this is your you're my favorite. Oh, I'm the favorite. OK, great. You're my favorite. We won't tell anyone. Don't but that's what you do. But that's what you tell everyone else is. They edit that part out. So it's never been officially <laughs> said. Listen, there's a lot of space in the heart for love, okay? So, <laughs> so um, we talk, that the Orville, they've referenced it a couple times that their society for went forgoed money years and years ago and that their currency is um, opinion. Or like your currency is, yeah, it's not, I'm not remembering it correctly. So you don't use money to buy things, but the only is, is a, a word, not your authority, but people, your people's opinions of you. Oh, your aesthetic? No, your is your, your, it's your, hold on, um, your, their, I hate it. I hate it. It's basically like, basically, oh, fuck. It's, you're, I I couldn't do this on the other podcast. This is my favorite podcast. Um, I I can't, I can't remember. It's basically like what people's opinions are of you are what dictates what you can get in the world, essentially. Mm. Mm -hmm. Which I find really hard to wrap my head around. I like the idea of a currency-less society, but I don't know. I don't have an answer. I just when, – when they've referenced it and tried to talk about like, oh, this is an ideal society, I'm like, is that ideal that someone else's opinion of you? Oh, actually, I don't like Frank. Oh, well, fuck Frank. He doesn't get a house. You know, like is that the best way – really what it's saying is by being a good person on paper, you'll, you can live in the society more easily, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I don't know. I don't have a. I don't have an opinion. 
I don't. I don't know what I'm talking about. Who am I? Thought I? you just vomited in your mouth when you talked about it. So it, it inferred to me that you did have an opinion about about that system. That I bad? have an opinion. I just don't have an opinion. I just have no knowledge of what what I'm actually talking about. Well, I think it's about what you're trying to. I think what that's trying to say is maybe what you put out into the world is what you get. What you get back. But do I like that? <laughs> do I like it how they? I don't like how they put it. I guess. But you're totally right. Like. I would love a new way in which we figure out how to evaluate money and 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 it's equitable transfer and it's equitable like we don't need trillionaires we don't need billionaires we don't need like past a certain amount of money you don't need that much money right so I think that's what I'm trying to say is like like why do we have billionaires why what are we doing we just don't need it. We're incentivizing incentivizing innovators. You know what I mean? Mm, they don't need money. They just don't need that money. No one needs that money. Well, if they want to build a rocket ship to drive people around, they could with ten around. million dollars. <laughs> they can invest it, and that money could otherwise be put into. Anyway, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. That's what I mean. I don't have an opinion because I actually am very undereducated with regards to this stuff. So I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry, Dad. Look, you'll figure it out someday. You'll have to. I'm trying to say a bunch of shit for you so that you can actually comment, and you're not you're not taking up the slack. So, well, okay, I'll I'll get. So it's it is tricky, right? Because you're looking at like, well, why does somebody need a billion dollars or a trillion dollars? Um, And yeah, that's a very valid argument. And then the counter argument is as well. If we don't incentivize people to earn as much as they possibly can, then we may be limiting people, you know, some of our more, uh, you know, advanced innovators from from creating things, incentivizing them to continue to create new stuff. You know, somebody like an Elon Musk, whatever you think about him as a human being or, or, or his morality or whatever, well, you know, he is continuing to reinvest into new technologies you know whether or not they're technologies or ideas that you think are of value or of high priority. Um, he has the capability to continue doing so, um, and the hope is, is that he's only going to be able to innovate things that people want, right? Because that's the whole supply and demand idea. If you want to continue to be incentivized to generate wealth, you need to create things that people want and need. Um, therefore, he's also looking at well, what does the world need and and that's why he's looking at, you know, solar energy and uh, electronic vehicles and batteries um, and storage because that can solve a lot of problems. Now, it's also going to generate more wealth for him, but that's his incentive, right? And he needs that mass amount of wealth to create such huge projects like that. Hmm. Yeah. So, so there is a there is that that's why it's there, you know, um, you know. Uh, giving jobs to, to people. These companies can become larger and create more opportunities for people to do work. Now, there's flaws in all that because yes. there's inequities in in how, how much the high the person at the top makes and how much the person at the bottom makes, right? So maybe there's better ways of looking at that. But this, we're just talking about arguments here. We're not saying what works yes, and what's better. No. Well, and you, you always do a good job of putting into perspective the cynical approach to things like there's always two sides or multiple sides to there's always good and bad and you always do a very good job of 
satiating that side that just wants to go burn it all down. So I, I, I see, you know what I mean? I see what you're mm-hmm. doing here. I see what you're after. You know, capitalism has proven to be a very um, prosperous system for a society to amass wealth and to lift themselves out of um, their, you know, be it to, to be able to have the opportunity to, to move up in, in economic status in life. Um, the downside is, is unfettered, unregulated capitalism can be damaging to human life because its bottom line is money, not mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. So that's where you got, that's where you got to, you know, figure out what's the balance there. And that's what we trust our wonderful government to do. And <laughs> which is laughable. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's where a lot of the, you know, the, the ideological arguments between Republicans and Democrats lie. Though today's state of politics, all that is almost meaningless. That's right. that's old school. That's, you know, and people still think, well, that, you know, a lot of people, are, well, no, that's still what the ideological battle is. But no, no, it's not. It's now been distorted and twisted and and all that shit. And it's just really about which side can win as opposed to who can create a better system for a society. A hundred percent. Whatever decisions that are actually being made, I don't even think our Senate's even involved in it anymore. <laughs> like, it's certainly, it's all just keep holding on to that motherfucking seat. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, I think that's what I understand. Nick, today, I think we had the least amount of structure, the least amount of coherence. <laughs> Is that true? I, I I feel like that personally, not you. I feel like mm. you did a really – I think you were grounded today. I think you kept us on the rails. But I feel like all I did was ramble this episode. I don't – I didn't feel that at all. Oh, and that's I invite, what I was doing. I was fishing. You were fishing, of course. But I invite our, our listeners to to share their opinion. You know, yes, yay or nay. Was Jess rambly or was she actually uh, very engaging? I will, I'm going to go with the very engaging. So you got one vote right now on that side. I just can't get enough of Nick Masu. <coughs> of Finnis Masu. <laughs> the father of Finnis? The father of Finnis, Nicholas Masu. Finnis, uh, Nicholas? I, can't, I see it. It's all there. Um, I, I, that's not to say that I don't enjoy the, uh, the opportunity to ideologically battle myself. With you as an observer, I feel safe in your in your care. With that, <laughs> it's it's been a um, interesting. Every time, like I'm asked, like, "What's your level of uh, education?" I'm like, "Well, I can't. Even, I, th- I can't even say some college. I can't even say that. Like, it, with in all honesty, but I feel really smart most of the time. <laughs> so somewhere along the way, I got hit with a book, and it, it all landed. But then sometimes. I'm like, ah, oh, no, you're just a little dumb. But I think that's part of my charm. Uh, that I would not, I mean, I agree 100% that you're, you're charming and whatever makes you you is a part of your charm. Uh, but what was the, whatever the first part of what you said, limited knowledge or I don't know what the words you used. Oh, that I don't, some college? That you didn't know I didn't go to college? No, 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 no. It was after that where you, where you self-deprecated about your your base of knowledge. I, so I'm not deprecative. I think sometimes I assume that I might not know as much as I do. Like, so I've had to come to terms with, actually, you're pretty smart, Jessica. Like, it's not, 
like I because I didn't have an outside force saying you are smart, like you and you have a degree. Um, I had to come to that acceptance by myself, and I was afraid to come to that acceptance and say it out loud because I didn't want people to think I was conceited. Or if I actually was dumb, they'd be like, she thinks she's smart, you know? <laughs> so that was – the majority of my social issues come from, will this person like me and how? what's the best way to make them like me? And telling them that I'm something is usually not the best way to go about it. So, no, no, right, yeah. right. So that being said, I've gotten over that. I'm a great actor. I'm a smart person. I'm good looking. I'm a good cat parent. I'm reliable. And I, I'm funny. <laughs> and God damn it, people like people you. People like me. <laughs> Listen, the really, truly, a vote of confidence is if Nick Masu wants to do a podcast with you, you're doing pretty good. I really, uh, I truly mean it. I, well, I just want you to know there was a there was a high demand of people who wanted me to to podcast, and I chose you out of all of those people. <laughs> yeah, we're, we were dying for the Masu take on everything, and we I got it. So, no, it, the, the the pleasure is mine this week, Nick. Oh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let Thank you, you have it. I need yeah. it. I need Great. it. All right, Nick. We'll see you next week. Yes. Yeah. Should be. Should be. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I we don't count no on. I don't count on anything in life anymore. I take things one day at a time. But I am very optimistic that we will be doing this again next week. We lost a the- Patreon follower because we couldn't get them sooner than Thursday. So, like, the idea of being a Patreon member is like you. You might get this sooner. And I say it very clearly: if we can do this on time, you will get it early. Um, but, but like I saw someone like unfollow, I was like, you know what? I totally understand. We we can't be that consistent. (laughs) Plus all of our, our Patreon promises, uh, we have not followed through on, uh, our deep dives. That's true. But they also, and nothing is set in stone. It all says if Nick can do it, I think we're going to be more (laughs) prolific when you have the baby and aren't here. (laughs) I think we'll be more consistent. (laughs) <laughs> and we'll have more Patreon listeners when we're having a podcast that you're not a part of but are named after. Oh, that's that's great. That's that's I I wish that for you because um, I know I've been holding this this thing back. The best and, part is uh, I think I just figured out what the slant is. Every week you're gone, we're going to have a mutual friend and they're going to talk about you. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and what they think you know. <laughs> Now, I just so you know, I regret not stopping uh, you from l- naming this, w- which was my suggestion, but it was naming this, putting my name in the title. The whole reason why I wanted to do this podcast, because you came up with the name so quickly. It was, it was enlightened. It was, it's a perfect name. Okay, because for me, it makes it very hard. I feel like it's like when I tell people I have a podcast and they see the name, they're like, it feels a little self-aggrandizing. I understand that. I totally understand that. Um, I I would say get over it much in the same way that I'm worried about telling people I'm smart despite having no college education. Uh, Another time, let me pitch to you the idea I have for the Judge Jessica show. And the title is What's the Verdict? And it's a play on my name so yes. sometimes you just gotta lean in nick you don't know nick is brilliant 
If, if, what if people need to know is it's you don't know, comma. Everyone knows Nick. that, Nick. Everyone knows that. You don't know. But you know. have to say you don't know, Nick. Nick. That's what it is. Why did KN? Why did KN? You say you don't know, Nick. I can't. You you know what? If you want to fucking produce this show, get the posts up every week and apologize to our Patreon listeners as much as I do, then you can have the fucking pronunciation you want. Okay? Okay. Okay. Good night, Nick. Good, good night, Jess. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't end it that way. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Jesus. That does it for this week, Nichols. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of You Don't Know Nick. There are many different ways you can support our podcast. One of them is going to youdon'tknownick.com and finding out all the different places you can listen to our show. You can also follow us on Good Pods, which is basically Instagram for podcasts. Not only can you follow your favorite shows, you can listen to them right there in the app. If you're interested in finding some You Don't Know Nick merch or Jessica Lynn Verney merch, go to subtlegeek.spreadshirt.com. And if you're not already consider becoming a patreon member you can get exclusive swag and early access releases to episodes if we're able to get them to you in a timely manner go to patreon.com slash you don't know nick and if you haven't already leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts see you next week nichols